Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast today. We are starting a new series called More Than a Blur, Making Motherhood Matter. We're going to talk today about five ways to keep your sanity when you can't keep yourself sanitized. Anyone who's had the experience with a toddler knows what I'm talking about. Add another one to the mix or any other humans, and most of us can relate to re-wearing the same pair of yoga pants We won't talk about how many times, and we'll never disclose how long it's been since our hair has had a good wash. There is no time for luxuries like clean hair and regular outfits normal people experience. I'm sorry to say I still struggle with these at times, even with my slightly older bunch. Mom life is a full contact endeavor. Sometimes you cannot keep all the penguins on the iceberg, much less with a clean body and more than a ponytail. Sometimes the whole calling can make a girl sticky, breathless, and dreaming of the return of uninterrupted bubble baths, or at least a nice outfit to wear on occasion. How do we keep our sanity when we literally cannot keep the who knows what that even is off our shirts or pants or out of our hair? Number one, settle for a clean vessel. Settle for a clean vessel. The first thing I found was that I was in the need to do something about the chaos internally. When all the time was gone in the day and the responsibility outlasted my ability to keep up, gone also was my good Christian girl quiet time. I was just squeezing it in when I could do it. I could not see any other solution. But one day, it finally dawned on this girl that I never saw anywhere in Scripture where it talked about Jesus staying up so late on a project or watching a movie because he needed it or checking his phone or playing a game because he needed some me time that he was too wasted to meet with his father. I couldn't find anywhere Jesus just tried to squeeze it in when he could. If he really does understand and know me as as scripture declares in the Psalms, Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me and known me You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways, even before there is a word on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all. If this is true, then I need to reflect on my own habits and see if I need to make a change in my own life. What I decided was that there was a lot I could deal with during this season of dirty hair, slobbery, gradu stuck to my clothes, and endless chores around the house. What I could not deal with was the mess left in me internally. If I cannot have it all and I must choose, then I knew I needed to choose differently. From personal experience and all things Jesus, during this season of motherhood, settle for a clean vessel. Now, that sounds good and spiritual and totally impractical. I get it. In fact, I think at the time I still had two under four I was getting a Ph.D. and teaching classes several times a week in another city. What's a girl to do when there's no time to even to take a shower? Think about your own situation. When do you need it? Not when do you have time. 
I need it before I utter a solitary word. I just know my own personality, preferably with caffeine. I need it in the mornings. But that was not going to happen. I'm not a morning person. I have never been able to get up without an alarm. And I had a super light sleeper with creaky floors in my home. Think about your own situation. And then pray about it. Lay it out before the Lord. Tell Him your problem. Lord, I'm not a morning person. But I recognize I need you before I need anything else. I need a clean vessel to do what you've called me to do. And I'm a mess doing it without you. Just trying to get through the day piecemeal is not working for me. I have a light sleeper, Lord. So I cannot use an alarm. And there are creaky floors in my house. So just lay it all out there. What happened to me was that an idea came to me. It didn't seem workable, but I pitched it as I prayed. I made sort of an offer. I told the Lord, if you'll get me up, which had never happened, not once in my life, without an alarm, highly unlikely, get me down those creaky stairs without waking anyone up, which was also highly unlikely, I will get out of bed. Let me tell you, our God is faithful. (laughs) From the very next morning, through the next 15 years, I've never seen anything like it. He has been so faithful. I have not been faithful, but the Lord has been faithful. I'm not talking about spending hours and hours and hours with the Lord. It's 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 enough time to get up, to get down the stairs, to pray, to read my Bible, and maybe do a little bit of journaling. Maybe just get me headed in the right direction. I see it like washing my face and brushing my teeth in the morning. It's not all I need to do, but it gets me going and is essential to my physical health. That one discipline changed my life forever. And it has made an impact on my children because sometimes as they got older, they would get up before it was time to and discover me. Mama, what you doing? And I would tell them. So that when they are 17, 18, you discover them in their room doing exactly the same thing. I know you're already exhausted. I hear you. I'm, I'm raising eight. But this is how motherhood is transformed from mundane rituals and a lack of personal hygiene into what matters most. It is life-changing as well as life-giving. Just Give yourself an assessment, and it can be totally unlikely. I promise you, I'm not a morning person, but God can transform you. Whatever you need, I needed it, and God can do whatever needs to be done in your life. The second thing is to limit the schedule. If we're not careful, we can go and or send our kids all the time in the name of good parenting. The outside pressures are real. I understand. But you and I need to be less concerned about raising awesome soccer players and more committed to developing kids with godly character. Use any other focus you choose. There's this saying, don't miss the forest for the trees. But we may miss the forest altogether because we are nowhere close to it. Instead, we're off chasing dandelions that God never intended. Opportunity to schedule your weeks and months away comes constantly, and wisdom calls us to be discerning. Limit the schedule. The second most significant mistake young people feel American parents make is not spending enough time with their kids. Driving them back and forth and sitting at a practice or tournament watching them does not necessarily count. (laughs) I don't know what this will look like for you, but... For example's sake, we have allowed 
our kids to participate in one activity outside of school. You can take one sort of lesson or gymnastics, basketball, select soccer, or the like, but not both. There have been periods of exceptions for certain individuals on a case-by-case basis. The summer, of course, is a different beast altogether, which we've addressed in another broadcast. There are a couple of days per week we have traditionally tried to leave open without activities if possible. There are activities going on, opportunities to participate. We have just said, no, thank you. We don't even make them do homework on those days if we can. Sometimes with the older ones, this is out of our control, but for the most part, we try to limit the schedule. The average time spent between a parent and a child is 15 minutes per child per day. Successful parents, those raising God-honoring young adults, spend longer, an average of 90 to 110 minutes per child per day. That scares the heebie-jeebies out of me because I can do math. If I multiply those average times times the number of children still under my roof, subtracting the times they're in school and sleeping, we are into negative numbers in my house. This is why we limit the schedule. It's why we don't have cable. It's why we make all sorts of odds with the culture choices. We can do math. My oldest daughter is now on her own. She's gone to college. She's had a year. She's on her own. And she's serving at a camp this summer. She's almost 20. She has waited all her life for this season to minister to kids, families, and share the gospel. But this is not what's happening in her situation at all. As I sat listening to her tell me her situation on the phone, she explained how God was using it in her life at this juncture. She didn't like it, but understands it is likely exactly what she needs to become who he wants her to be. Then she told me some ideas for how she was going to redeem some of the time, that even though she wasn't getting time to be with people to minister, she was working all the time. She had plenty of time to pray. Then she told me how the books she had taken to read, Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper, had spoken to her so clearly and was exactly what she needed, and how she was dealing with the difficult relationship situation she was faced with. I had no advice to offer. I just listened to her tell me how God was dealing with her. This young woman in new and trying situations alone is grounded and equipped I give you this personal anecdote to say, I believe the research. Time matters. Do whatever you need to do to limit your schedule. Be willing to not be cool. Be willing to put off your own wants and your own desires. The end results, it's worth whatever it costs today. Limit the schedule. The next thing is to organize the chaos. What is it that gets your goat? (laughs) Is it the mess in the kitchen? Is it mealtime stress? Is it shoes and Legos everywhere? Figure out what you cannot live with the most. Talk to your family about it before you get into conniption mode. Come up with some kind of workable solution. Here are a few things we have done. As you can imagine, with 10 people, there are lots of opportunities to generate chaos at our house. The first thing we did, and we've done it in lots of areas, is color code where you can. That sounds sort of weird, possibly, but we've color coded where we can. Dishes, toothbrush, uh, towel sets, sheet sets, 
books for certain reading levels, etc. Whatever you can color code, this is an easy strategy that kids can file and help with. It is amazing how well it has worked. We color coded all things that I mentioned. I special ordered dishes because you can't buy them in the number of colors that we needed. Everyone has their own color cups, plates, and bowls. Each bathroom uses certain towel sets, and every person has their own color. All the books that we have, and we have a lot because I taught children's literature, are color-coded by author's last name with different duct tape at the edge of them to identify them, and they're stored on some kind of Ikea shelf in a certain place. It's easy-peasy for kids to organize. Sheet sets are labeled and numbered on the tag. Different colors for different sizes, and they're stored on a different shelf in a closet. Remember, one of my daughters has special needs, but highly functional. I'm the only person here. I'm the only mom, and I must have order, but I can't do it all myself. So this stuff takes planning and work, but you put it in place. Today, it runs like a top. So it it took several years to get all this working, but it's worth the energy to think through it. So find ways where you struggle and places you struggle and start organizing there. The second thing we did was to take the stress out of mealtime. That really stressed me out thinking about what we were going to eat. So we made freezer meals. Or you can batch your meal ingredients together in the pantry, put it all together like that. This worked so well for me. I didn't do it at all this year because of the hurricane. Everything was just crazy. But I've just about cleared out all my freezer space and my pantry space because we're about to do it again. The basic idea is to select recipes that freeze well, make them ahead of time all at once, label them so that everybody can prepare them, At the same time, put other meals that might not be completely freezer meals together and group the ingredients in your pantry with the instructions. Group together, then post a list of what's available outside the pantry, on the door, or inside the pantry door, and outside the freezer door so that everybody knows what's available. I also make lots of crock pot ready meals that give us plenty of variety for the month. It takes about two or three weeks for me to get all this into my freezer and I have to plan the money also because it's not what we're eating today. Now that's overwhelming and that's maybe for a different season. Ain't nobody got time for that when you can't even get time for a shower. So here is another way that I've done it. Crock pot meals in a bag. Take one recipe you like, triple it. Like buy that big bag of frozen chicken breast and everything else that's going to go in that recipe. Make one for that night. Make two to freeze. Just throw it in the Ziploc bag with all the ingredients that go with it. And you're done. It takes like five minutes. In two weeks, pick another recipe. Triple it. Make one, freeze two. Do this five times. And you will experience the freedom it brings. And you will be hooked. And it will just save you some time over time. But it won't have taken very long. That's my suggestion. It will do you wonders. The next thing that we did was create the Super Mom Notebook. I found people just kept giving me papers all the time with deadlines. And then I would miss them because I couldn't find the papers. And they just gave me stuff that didn't matter with permission slips that did matter. And they would get misplaced. And all sorts of stuff would end up all over the house. I could get the same papers eight times in a day. I needed help. 
This was overwhelming. So I created this super mom notebook. It's just a giant white notebook with an empty cover. You slide in whatever you want to the front. I created a cover for it. I put different dividers in it. Everybody has a section. It holds the school calendars, the ball schedules, VBS schedules. Their, when they eat lunch, their locker combinations, uh, birthday invitations, all that stuff we were losing. And we keep it in a central location. We keep it in the office. Saves my life. So whatever you have to do. But, but that way, we can just keep one copy and throw the rest away. We know it's secure. So Supermom Notebook is fabulous for us. The last thing on this section I want to talk about is, I'm calling it out of sight, out of mind. I realized that if I couldn't see it, my stress level came down. So we started purchasing those bookcases with the square holes in it. You just put bins in. We have them all over the house. We've got white ones. We've got brown ones. We've got black ones. We've got all sorts of bin colors. I bet we have 100 bins. Truly, I love them because you cannot see anything inside them. We've got them in the kitchen. We've got them in the bathrooms. We've got them in the garage. We've got them in the bedrooms. I don't care what you put in it. I just don't want to see it. And so it gives us some time to organize when we don't have time to organize on a regular basis. And it allows you to clean up for somebody coming over in two seconds flat. I don't care what you put in it as long as it's put away and it's organized. If I can't see it, my stress level comes down. The bins hold all the junk or the clothes or the dishes or the towels or whatever. They're wonderful and they're inexpensive. They're sturdy. They're cheap at Ikea or you can buy it at Walmart, wherever you want to buy it. That's just one suggestion that we have that's done wonders for us. You can put them anywhere. They fit all over the house. You don't even have to have the container. You just can slide those bins anywhere, out of sight, out of mind. The next suggestion I have is to keep it simple. There was a time when I made all of our curtains and some of my kids' clothes and our tablecloths, our placemats, all kinds of things like that. I'm fairly creative. I really have to limit my time and my goings on Pinterest. My tendency is to want to overdo. I understand the temptation, but in this season, you and I need to force ourselves to keep it simple. <laughs> Maybe there will be time to be elaborate again one day or we can use our creativity in other ways but right now today when we cannot get our hair done or our makeup on because we can't even get clean no we need to do what needs to be done we need to let it go don't even look at the stuff you don't have time to do it's kind of like shopping for a car when you don't need one or you can't afford to buy one it just makes one discontent don't torture yourself. <laughs> this season of life is not a competition. Don't don't worry about it right now. Just keep it simple. It's good enough. You have time for that later and find another outlet in another way. So keep it simple. It's going to be good. The last point I want to make is to exercise hospitality. If you keep to yourself in your mom cocoon, you can find yourself in a dark place. I know this from experience. It can become very isolating and lonely, even if you're around people. I can't really explain it, but I think you'll understand. It can be very isolating and lonely. You can feel like you don't have any friends or outlets, and then you feel sort of stuck. What we've done to help with this sense of isolation and potential loneliness is exercise hospitality. We simply began to invite people over. I'm a writer and a mom, 
this one thing we found to help me in the trenches of the giving and giving and giving of mom life and ministry. Our tendency is not to invite people over until the environment is perfect in the home or we don't do it because we don't have the time or energy to prepare some kind of four course meal (laughs) or there's stuff everywhere so we just don't do anything we just sit around and feel lonely but please know it is a joy to go to someone's house in all its imperfections where there's mail on the corner of their bar their kids stuff is not put away perfectly When you look up, there's some sort of string tied to the stair railing across the balcony with a little parachuter about to launch all the way down. It's honestly refreshing. Then you go to eat some sort of easy chicken spaghetti recipe with the salad they dumped out of a bag from the grocery store, just like you would have done in a hurry. Maybe they're store-bought cookies, or you know that that brownie that they served came from a box, (laughs) a mix. There is something about it that makes a person feel like They can let their hair down with these people. We need each other in this season of life more than ever. Don't be afraid to let people in in all your imperfections. It's really okay. And not only that, it's refreshing. Ladies, I completely understand. I've been interrupted three to four times just in the last three points of getting this podcast on my computer as notes. <laughs> what you and I are going to do during this season of life is life-changing for the next generation, but we cannot do it on our own. When we don't even have time to take a shower or find a decent outfit to put on, we need to settle for a clean vessel. We need to limit the schedule if we're going to develop world-changing individuals. We need to organize the chaos so we don't lose it. We need to keep it simple. We'll be time for that other stuff later. And we need to exercise hospitality so that we stay connected at the core. Hey, I'm excited about this series on More Than a Blur, Making Motherhood Matter. And I look forward to meeting you again next week. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.